Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Vent Weekly. I'm Amelia. COVID-19 and lockdown are part of our daily lives now. The news is crazy and it's hard to know what to do and who to believe. So we've launched this new mini-series of bonus episodes on Vent Weekly called COVID-19 Fact Checkers. If you're feeling too overwhelmed with COVID-19, this mini-series might not be for you. But don't worry, we'll still be releasing our regular non-corona-specific episodes every Wednesday. But if you do have questions or anxieties around COVID-19 that you want spoken about, then we got you. This series, we're getting you your answers. Hey, I'm Lily. I'm a student, but school's closed right now, so everything's being done online. And for me, motivation has been a really big issue, like staying focused on my work and not giving up when I find things too hard. And it makes me wonder what other students have to face, like, especially if they have more difficulties than me, like, for example, students with ADHD or serious mental health issues, because for a lot of us, going to school was the only thing that was keeping us going, but now we're in, like, a completely different setting, and a lot of us can feel a bit alone, and it makes me wonder what help's being offered to students. Today, I'm joined by Lily, who you just heard putting forward her question, and Tom Cheatham, a secondary school teacher working here in Brent both before and now during lockdown. Could you guys both introduce yourselves and say a little bit more about who you are and what you guys do? Yeah, thanks, Amelia. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm a geography teacher in my third year at a school in Wembley. Cool. And I'm also an assistant head of year, so I'm kind of involved in the pastoral side. Oh, cool. Of well-being of students in my year group. Yeah. So it's been quite difficult assisting a lot of pupils, especially like now that you're at home. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's very different. And I think the first two to three weeks was everyone was kind of just getting used to the new way of living. Exactly, exactly. Um, and now, in all honesty, now I just can't wait to get back. Um, mm. Because what, what I've realised is my favourite bit of teaching is being in front of a class, teaching yeah, students, exactly. kind of no. work, <laughs> work, work, working off each other. And instead now I'm doing is I'm sat at home doing the really boring admin stuff that I hate mm. doing when I'm working normally. Exactly. And obviously it's even worse at the moment when that's all you're doing. Mm. Now we love a teacher who loves their job going. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Honestly, like... <laughs> That's the best. And Lily, do you want to just introduce yourself and say what you do and stuff like that? I'm 16. I'm a year 12 student. <laughs> so how are you finding studying at home? Because I'm a uni student and it is shit. Oh my God. The exact same as you. Mm. It's the same as, as Tom said. It's like you're doing all of the work and then you're not like having any of the interactions. Exactly. So then you don't want to do any of it. Mm-hmm. I have like one teacher who's, I've got like 
a month worth of work that I haven't done. Oh my god. But like, apart from that, it's alright. <laughs> no, it's hard. I think it's so hard to like, you know, maintain level of focus at home because like your house has so many distractions and stuff. I know, right? But I hope that you catch up on that one month work because sis, you're going to need to. I hope so too. You know what? My head of year sent uh, like an email out like last month. She was like, if you haven't done all of your work by the end of the year, we won't enter you in for the next year. Girl. So... <laughs> Speaking from the other side, I feel like um, we have to say these things because otherwise people don't do any work, right? Yeah. Exactly. And every year 12 is in the exact same position as you across the country. So that will be reflected in exams in 12 months' time. I know, so right? I wouldn't yeah. worry too much. Yeah. So I'm just going to jump straight into it now. Um, Tom, could you tell us like a little bit more about the school that you're at and then the kind of students that like you have to work with? Yeah, definitely. So I work at a school in Wembley itself. Um, mm-hmm. We have about 1,200 students in the secondary part of my school. And we have a wide range of needs for specific students. Mm. And it's obviously very different home circumstances as well. Brent's such a diverse borough. Exactly. Some of the students have multiple siblings living in crowded houses. Others are more affluent, living in kind of bigger houses, have more facilities available to them. Yeah. And that's definitely been one of the challenges from working from home. Because mm. in school, it's obviously like a level playing field. And from a teacher's point of view, everyone's in the room at the same time. Exactly. So when you actually, like, found out that your school had to close, first of all, like, when was that? And secondly, do you feel as though you got a lot of support from the government? I can announce today and... Uh, Whenever Boris Johnson announced it, we all found out as well. In the, right. In the House of Commons, that after schools shut their gates from Friday afternoon, they will remain closed... I'm really lucky my school is very well organised from the top down and it meant that plans had already started being put in place before it was announced we were closing. Oh, love that. Um, So we'd been preparing for it for about 10 days. Now, I know that these steps will not be easy for parents or for teachers. And In terms of government guidance, I would say initially was very poor. Harder for them to go out. Every morning we were having an all-staff meeting and our head teacher was basically repeating what Boris Johnson said the night before because that's all she had. Mm-hmm. And obviously it makes it really difficult for them to do anything. No yeah. wonder our school assemblies were so vague as well. Right. <laughs> no, literally, I think it's crazy because we you know like we had like a build-up so we knew coronavirus was around but then it just kind of went like bam, schools are closing, From bam, everything's closing, bam, quick. you can't go out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, it really did go zero to 100 and I was like, shit, like I need to can I catch my breath? Like, okay. <laughs> but I was even thinking for those kids who actually have difficulties with studying, like special educational needs, were you guys given any advice for those students in particular? The inclusion department, so the people who usually work with those students who have the greatest needs, yeah, they'd already got together a list of about 60 students and they were given a teacher in school as a port of contact. Oh, so, that's good. So I was given three in my pastoral role. Those three in particular are students who have autism. Mm -hmm. And in school, their interactions are often with another adult present. And obviously that is very difficult from home. So I think to start with, just changing the instructions that I sent Mm -hmm. and clarity of information has made such a big difference to helping those students, trying to give them a really clear schedule or routine to follow. And kind of an expectation of what work for each week should be completed by what point in the week. Because part of the things they struggle with is often scheduling or routines. Mm -hmm. But Lily, um, how have you like felt about what's been said 
obviously as an A-level student, you're a little bit older. Mm. Do you feel as though you basically like have had this amount of support? I've heard of like teachers calling up students. Mm-hmm. So I know that like our school's doing that as well. Yeah. And like like twice teachers have made like stupid cringy videos that like, we know you miss us too. Like we're here for you, which is like, it's really cute. I feel like for a lot of students who like might be struggling with like motivation and like doing their work, like me, um, it can be really hard to ask for help because yeah. you feel like your teachers might just call you lazy and then be like, just just kind of get on with it. Yeah. Just generally when it comes to kids in school and education, um, particularly I would say from secondary education up, people haven't really thought too deeply about how the change of routine and the change of normality is really going to affect the way you study. Yeah. And like, I think what schools need to do a little bit more is to just kind of show a sense of like solidarity in that. No, I 100% agree. To me, the most important thing between teachers and students is the relationship you have. Yeah. I think this comes back because when I was at school, I was pretty naughty myself. (laughs) And I had like one or two teachers who I never misbehaved for. And I think the reason was because I felt like they took the time out of their day to ask me how I was, Mm. kind of look after me as a person. So it's something I consciously try to do. And anytime I'm kind of communicating with students or whatever, I'm always being really positive and try to keep it as positive as possible. But I do know there are some uh, of my colleagues, for example, who haven't, don't do that and as you say Lily you're a bit more like why haven't you done the work why are you being lazy (laughs) whereas to me in a time like this the most important thing is that everyone's well both mentally and physically because I'm not doing things as well as I normally do when I'm kind of in the house the whole time and you know what I mean The, the life has changed for everything and for everyone and I think as a teacher you need to factor that in. Do you have like any longer term worries about what the impact of this whole lockdown is going to do to the more vulnerable students and their education and more importantly really their mental health as well like because it seems like for me you kind of are a teacher that's a little bit more human um <laughs> I've definitely met teachers who really are just quite like I'm gonna be real just jobs worthy um so you seem like someone who definitely isn't like that oh, um which is kind of sick yeah. to be honest like I quite like Pastoral it pastoral teachers are the best yeah. you literally they're the best I'm um, glad to hear it. But, but yeah what do you think I'm I'm Really worried. Mm. The change in routine for everyone and trying to get back to that routine, I think it's going to be really difficult. I don't know the long-term mental well-being impacts of this. I think it's going to be devastating for years, but for everyone, it's almost going to be like PTSD. Like, I think this is such a significant and traumatic event. Mm. Have you um, heard of any, like, newer cases of students in your school who've actually come forward and said, like, due to this situation they're actually now suffering with a mental health issue or their mental health is deteriorating. This is the one area where it's really difficult because, as you said, we're aware of those who already have mental health issues and we can help them, but those who are kind of developing or finding them, it's quite difficult to pick up. Now, I know form teachers are picking up students and calling students, but again, if you speak to a student and their parents are sat next to them, they might not answer honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's quite difficult. And it's, from a teacher's point of view, that's where you've got to try and be as accessible as possible. And I have said to all of my t- classes I teach, not just my form, like, I'm here if you want to talk, if you've got any issues with anything, if it's the work or not. But kids who mm. might be kind of on the edge of um, kind of mental health issues and the school hasn't necessarily picked mm-hmm. them up, then... There is no way of detecting that, and that is kind of concerning. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's that's that's quite sad actually, and I think it's it's definitely 
quite close to home for me mm. because um, for the start of lockdown, I went back home. But I wouldn't say necessarily that I'm most comfortable speaking about issues with my mental health in front of my family. Mm. Mm. Um, and so when my counsellor from uni wanted to call, I said I couldn't. But now that I'm back in Surrey and I'm on my own, because um, that's where I study, now I'm able to speak to her on a more frequent basis and stuff like that. So it really can be hard for teachers to tell where you're, where you're at. Right. Uh, I've had phone calls uh, with students where I can tell if their parents are in the room or not. Yeah. They won't answer or they'll be really short in answers. Yeah. Because some of those students we identified were students who we knew would be at risk either of mental or physical kind of abuse at home. Um, mm. And trying to monitor that remotely is obviously pretty difficult because, as we've said, mm-hmm. communication isn't necessarily the easiest or is the most honest and open as it usually is. Do you feel like, because of all this stuff, like maybe when you go back to school, do you feel as though there's anything that you'll do differently now? Yeah, I mean, I do think sometimes when you're in school and it's normal term time, you do kind of get caught up in the like the small details sometimes and... If a kid's not done their homework two weeks in a row, you're like, why have you not done your homework? Well, maybe the first question is be, why haven't you done your homework? Like, is there a exactly. reason? And I definitely think it will kind of give me that outlook a little bit more frequently. Yeah. Um, because... Yeah, I think that's good, actually. Actually, I need to remember that their home life might not be great or there might be a reason they've not done their homework. It's not just idleness. Have you kind of had like any surprises? Has anyone basically just adjusted to the situation a little faster than you thought they would? Uh, without a doubt. Some students, I think, really got into the routine straight away, were yeah. completing more work from home than they were in school. Mm. There's been multiple cases of students who've really just kind of taken to home learning like a duck to water and have just really thrived and flourished in this environment, which... Oh, that's so positive to hear. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice to know that it's some of the students you wouldn't expect it from. Yeah. And that that will be good to know when you go back because it might change the way you teach them or it might mm-hmm. change the work you set or the homework you set classes. That's cool. How are you feeling about going back to school, Lily? As we said before, that one teacher who one month of work I have not done, not feeling great about that. (laughs) But, like, I would rather go back, to be honest. Um, It's a lot easier to do your work and to study when you have your your classmates with you and, like, your teachers with you and you can go to them at lunchtime or break and ask for help. That's true, that's fair enough. How do you feel um, about just, I don't know, like, education generally? Do you feel like this whole lockdown has, like, made you look at education a little bit differently? Is it as significant in your life? I took school for granted. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I took being in a classroom for granted. Yeah. Because I used to, to hate that. group work, but now I, I really crave it. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom, like, just generally, do you feel as though this lockdown has definitely, like, kind of shone a light on existing problems of an education? Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's, it's, it's shining, like, a big light on it. And I think... I feel like this is such a great opportunity for schools on like a small scale, but education across the country to kind of have a fresh start and start again. Mm-hmm. Whether that will happen, I'm not at all confident that it will. Yeah. Part of me kind of had a bit of like a revelation actually when this was starting, because as a teacher, obviously, we were some of the last workers to be sent home. Yeah. And it kind of, to me, felt a bit like it was a devaluing of me as a professional. Exactly. Because I felt a bit like, why am I being left out to get the virus kind of thing now? Luckily, luckily I didn't. But 
it felt a little bit like that and it, that's why I'm not enthusiastic that education will make the changes that yeah. it could because I don't feel like it's valued enough. As it is anyway. Yeah, I find it reassuring to hear you say that you want to be back in, Lily, because I always say this to all of my students, that school was genuinely the easiest time of your life. And when you're living it, you don't realise it because it is difficult, don't get me wrong, but the fact you see your best friends every day and the fact that you... Yeah have a routine and quite a lot of stuff's done for you I think you just really enjoy it and appreciate it so I'm, I'm glad you're missing it mm-hmm. in a way in a kind so I can of be grateful for life affirming thing that I think school is great and obviously that's why I now work in a school no I agree with you to be honest and I feel like like Tom said I'm kind of really glad that you are looking forward to going back to school because <laughs> as someone who didn't leave school too long ago but I'm also graduating like literally next year I'm thinking like about how school really was such an easy time like since being at uni you're not just responsible for yourself and what kind of stuff you're also like kind of needing to get a job and like you know you have to worry about bills and rent yeah so like i'm glad that you want to go back and i hope that when you go back you still are able to like enjoy it and it doesn't go too quickly because (laughs) when you get into the real world it's it's fast I think this pandemic has really shown that when normality is stripped away from you, you do start to appreciate the things that you yeah, probably wouldn't yeah. appreciate normally. For sure. And it also does lift the veil on underlying issues within the education system and how it treats its, not only its students, but its workers as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm going to end it there. But I just want to thank you guys so much for speaking to me. Thank you for having us. Great, thanks, Amelia. Really nice to meet you. You guys are really cool people <laughs> and you're a great teacher even though you've not taught me Tom <laughs> yeah and I hope things like eases up for you guys soon cheers thank you guys thank you for listening to Vent Weekly bonus COVID-19 fact checkers I've been Amelia thanks to Lily and Tom for joining me this episode was produced by Rose Delarabiti with help from the Vent production team Jess Lawson Lucas Fothergill and Maweed Majid Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.